0: Hello. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. back. It's me, your host, Meg. Wee, wee, wee. Ho, ho, ho. Lewis. I'm always here. Every week, it's me. The same person. (laughs) What if it wasn't? What if this episode had a Meg impersonator who is just very good? If that person exists, I would like to hire them full time so I could just uh, take a nap. All day long, wouldn't that be great? Well, welcome back to <laughs> overtime. Uh, you know what this is. I know what this is. But maybe there's a new person who just stumbled into this podcast from you know the year 1971. They time traveled. They plopped down onto a desk in their time travel. They just zapped down with headphones on, and they just this podcast was playing, and they have no idea what's going on. So for that person. 1971 person. Hello, you're listening to a podcast. I don't know what a podcast is, but this is one. (laughs) And this is (laughs) Dribble's weekly podcast where I give you design news and also some more things to help you make your your best work. Yeah, (laughs) I nailed that. Oh, I'm losing it. Losing control over my voice and my brain and my mouth is what's happening. This week on Overtime, a really new, neat design fellowship and summit launches, and I think it completely changes the landscape of how our industry shares knowledge. Oh, and, and a new brand launches lowbrow art kits that I will say, finally get me excited to make things with my hands for the first time since I was a kid, Ooh! plus utilizing capitalism for good, and how we can be creatives who make physical goods more ethically. Let's go! I am super excited to tell you about Collective. Collective is on a mission to redefine the way businesses of one work. They're the first online back office platform designed for freelancers like me. Uh, Well, it's not exactly just me because nearly 59 million people, which is like 36% of the workforce in the US, run their own solo business. So it's time for a better platform to enable the largest group of entrepreneurs in this country to focus on their passion and not the paperwork. Collective handles company formation, taxes, accounting, and so much more. And as a freelancer myself, this platform really speaks to me as finances are not something I love handling. It's my least favorite part of my job. I cannot stress that enough. I hate it. <laughs> so be sure to check out their exclusive offer for the Dribble community. Two months at 50% off with the code dribble 10 So go to collective.com slash dribble.com. I just got to say, I'm so excited about Made in the Future. It's a fellowship that just launched last week by Christy Tillman, who is the head of Slack's global experience design. But that is a small detail in Christy's amazing career. And Christy is a human. I have worked with Christy a few times over the last few years and have loved every minute of working with her. She's very smart, and I trust her to do anything good with this industry. So if I were to create a president of the design industry, I might nominate Christy (laughs) anyway. So Christy launched made in the future. It's a fellowship. It's in absolutely incredible. It's a full ride free three day summit um, matched with mentorship for a whole year, matched with a ton of additional programming and workshops, all completely free and a totally full ride for underrepresented creatives. And it's just spectacular. And I think it's very fascinating because it's only this. This is, it's only something that's created to give to free to other people. So rather than, I think a lot of the experience in our industry, which is usually catered towards people who pay for the event, and then tacked onto the side is like, oh, we also do sponsorships just in case you can't afford it. This is completely flipped upside down where it's just available for free. And there's actually no open content for people who want to pay for it, which I think is fascinating. Or at least that's what it seems like from my perspective right now. Maybe it'll open up in the future. I don't know, though, because the whole premise of this is that it is a fellowship so brands and individuals can support fellows and then fellows or prospective fellows can apply and uh, then get accepted and it's this incredible incredible three-day summit with so many speakers and then after the three-day summit each fellow is paired with a mentor for a complete year-long relationship. And then all throughout that time, there's additional content and workshops and talks and all sorts of things available to these fellows. So, yeah, it's directed towards anyone who just needs it, whether you're earlier in your career, whether you're a student or whether you're changing your career to be in this industry. It seems like in the FAQ section, it says it's primarily for product designers, UI, UX designers, brand communication designers, or creative technologists, which does span a a huge section of the industry. Um, I don't necessarily know if it's so much for illustrators or fine artists because of the mentors that they have in in the sort of what they've said in their FAQ section of who it's for. But there are some mentors like Tim Goodman, who is an illustrator, you know, primarily more of a fine artist and Jessica Hish is in there too. Um, And it's, oh my gosh, it's so exciting. I'm so excited about it. And I think it's absolutely fantastic that it is created for people who need it the most, right? This is what our industry absolutely needs. So I'm interested to see it take shape. Um, I think it's going to keep happening over and over and over again. Right now, they're about to head into their first three-day summit in December, which is very exciting. So if you are an underrepresented, and by that, they define their section of underrepresentation as meaning Black and Brown ethnicities. So if that's you, go to madeinthefuturefellowship.com and apply to become a fellow because oh my gosh, all of this incredible free information anybody would love to have. So if you have the time and you have the need to to learn this information, um, go to the website. And also anybody should go to the website and see who all these mentors are, who all the speakers are at the summit, because it's going to be an absolutely incredible experience and something that we should all definitely support and get involved in. So whether or not you have extra cash... (laughs) Uh, plop that in the Made in the Future Fellowship because it's only going to help fuel the learning experience for other people, which is great. We should all support each other and help each other thrive in this industry because there is room for everyone. You know, when something lands in my lap, or like I hear about an announcement, something happens, something new launches, and I feel like it's a great opportunity for people to feel supported and included and a part of an experience, and it's not harming anybody. (laughs) These are the things I like to cover, as you probably noticed on this podcast. And something new that launched recently that I got really excited about because it does just this is a company called Curiosity Studio, which is locally in my town where I live, Minneapolis. And so it's a it's a physical or it was a physical workshop series or class series where you could go in and make things with your hands and for adults to get like creative and playful. Great, great premise. Great lineup of instructors, absolutely fantastic. But now as the pandemic has happened, I think they, like all of us, have had to get really creative with how they want to take their platform and offer it in a way that is virtual or at least just not reliant on a physical space. So what they've done, this company, Curiosity Studio, is co-founded by Lauren Callis and Ashley Mary. You might be familiar with one or either of those two wonderful humans. Follow them on the internet for sure. Um, What they've done is they've started to make these kits. And even the fact that this business is based in Minneapolis does not matter because these kits are available to you no matter where you live. And the kits have, they're going to launch three different kits throughout this year. Right now, there's one launched and each of the three kits are going to have a different theme and maybe they'll do more in the future if we actually buy and support them. And with each kit, there's a theme. And the first theme of the kit that they have out today is called shapes. And the thing I love the most about these kits and why I'm so excited to talk about these kits with you is because me as a digital designer, I am the classic digital designer where I just trust my sort of mouse or trackpad hand so much. But as soon as I have to make anything with my hands, it does not go as well as I had hoped. (laughs) I have that issue where my hand does not go where my brain wants it to go. And it's so frustrating anytime I make anything physical. So I've stayed away from drawing. I've stayed away from crafting. I've stayed away from doing anything intricate with my hands because it just makes me feel not great just because I'm not as comfortable with it. And the thing I like the most about these curiosity studio kits is that rather than they they are essentially art kits. You're making some kind of art with your hands, and it's a kit full of supplies that helps you make that piece of art. But this stuff in this kit, the stuff that you output, is so lowbrow. And let me explain. The first kit, shapes, is you get all the supplies. You get foil. So what you do is you are sculpting essentially, and you're a scu- you're sculpting with foil. So, um, you know, whenever you crumple up foil, you can make it into a ball. And then if you press on that ball enough, you can make it into a different shape. So what you're doing here is you're sculpting with foil. So you're making a shape or you're making something with foil that's three-dimensional. And then they give you tape. So what you do then is you wrap the foil sculpture that you've made in tape, which helps bind it together. But what it's really doing is it's giving you a surface to paint on. So once you wrap it with tape, then they also supply you with all the paint and all the supplies you need to actually paint that t- tape-wrapped foil shape that you've created. So if you if you go on their website, it's, uh, what is it? CuriosityStudioClass.com. You will see some examples of what this means, but it looks like the output is the derbiest, lowest brow. <laughs> version of, of a sculpture I've ever seen. And it's perfect. It is absolutely perfect for me, because I am, I'm not necessarily a perfectionist at all. I will say that I'm not a perfectionist. But if I immediately try some sort of new craft or form of art, and I'm just so bad at it, that I make it look awful and it looks nothing like a professional would have done in any regard, then that usually scares me off of trying to do it again, which is not a great quality. I don't like that about myself very much. I should push through and persevere. But instead, I tend to just be like, oh, I did a horrible job. I can never show my face around this craft or art ever again. So then I just kind of never do it again and move on to something else. But the thing I like about this kit is that the output is supposed to look pretty derpy. And I love that because if I make something that looks like um, somebody who didn't know what they were doing made it in the end, that's actually what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> so this is actually the perfect experience for me. And I think that this is like this sort of lowbrow art creation or craft creation is perfect for that sort of art therapy experience or that exploratory or curious phase that we get so excited about as creatives. You know, when you were a kid and you would just play around with different media and you would just play and have fun and you weren't necessarily as worried about what the end result would look like. But now I feel like, well, for me, at least as an adult, I don't have that magic anymore. I get so concerned about the end output or the end result of what it's going to look like eventually that the play isn't necessarily as fun as it used to be because I'm too worried about it going into a direction that I'm not going to like. Whereas when we were kids, if it went into a direction we didn't like, it wasn't that big of a deal. So anyway, all of this is to say that I'm super excited about this kit because it's going to bring a lot of that curiosity, which is in their name, um, (laughs) back into my practice and back into an experience. And throughout this pandemic, I have just been looking for new things to get into. So this is going to help take up some time in a fun way. Isn't that nice? Wouldn't we all like to spend our time having at least a little bit of fun? We deserve it, right? You and I, we definitely do. So if you're interested in that kind of thing, check it out. Um, It's going to be, I think, a great Wait, it's a great gift to give somebody for sure, but at least give it to yourself, right? Or just do some crafts and have some fun, make art in a playful and curious way. And let's all just be a little bit less concerned about what the end result looks like. Because we're living in a consumerist world. And yeah, we're in a capitalistic world. Oh yeah, we're living in a... Okay. Uh, oh, I, I could have just left the lyrics to that song the same. We're living in a material world. That would have made the same point. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. When Meg parodies songs that are already a parody that s- basically serve the same point. Okay, so... Yes, we have created, we live in, we're a part of, we perpetuate a capitalistic world. Um, but I don't want you to get depressed about that because we have to live in that. We can't, we, this is a world we created and we have to live in it. So what I would say is let's make smarter choices. Yay, I'm with you on this. I am a work in progress. I'm a person who shops on Amazon often, often just often because it's 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 fast, it's cheaper than the others, and it's just convenient. And I am a part of the problem. I get it. But what I'm doing lately, and what I know a lot of us are doing, and I know you want to as well, is voting with my wallet, being more conscious about um, supporting businesses and, and creatives and independent people that are sharing my values or making the world a better place. And we're all trying to do that. I hope you are too. And if you're not, I want to just kind of give you some thoughts on how you can both create things and make physical goods as a creative in a way to support the world, but also vote with your wallet a little bit more and support independent creatives and makers. So I think the the base question for a lot of us is, and I've you know had this question many times is, how can I be more ethical with my purchasing when uh, the ethical things are the most expensive things and i'm just trying to survive and first of all if you are just trying to survive and have your basic needs met you do what you need to do to survive in this world this world was not created in your favor so you have to you have to fight to survive so get yourself there please do not do not uh, struggle to survive because you're taking Meg Lewis's advice of supporting independent creatives and makers um, and not shopping on Amazon. You need to do what you have to do to survive in this world, please. Oh my gosh, yes, okay? But whenever I'm talking about making ethical decisions, um, when the ethical decisions are often more expensive, definitely more expensive than Amazon, um, let's think here for a moment about rather than buying cheap cheap both in price but also quality items where you're constantly throwing them out and rebuying throwing them out rebuying um, purchasing based on trends and then the trends pass and then you have to rebuy again we've talked about this before for sure let's make more intentional purposes stop for a moment and think about what this purchase is going to mean for you how long it's going to last and that kind of thing so As we know, the math checks out of if you buy a higher quality item um, from a company that is more ethical in their practices, it's going to last you a lot longer. It's going to make you feel a lot better for longer than if you bought a cheap object, cheap in quality and price that you're going to have to keep replacing every so often. So this goes true for almost any product we might use. So it's a long-term thing, and I think it also really requires you to have to think long-term with your purchasing and purchase less. You just have to get in the mindset of not purchasing as often. And then whenever you do purchase, you have to make that purchase more intentionally and you have to make it matter more and mean something more, which is great. I mean, that's a, it's a great way to save money in the long-term. Absolutely. So whenever we're talking about creative specifically, you and I, let's make physical goods let's allow people to support us let's if we're gonna have this capitalistic world we might as well we might as well dive on in let's be a part of it in a way that makes the world a better place okay because creating physical goods selling things whether it's physical or digital is a great way to allow people to support us but it's also a great source of passive income and we can be a part of a system of letting people vote with their wallet and be intentional with their spending by supporting us as creatives. When we say support independent creatives and makers, we're talking about you and me, baby. Yeah, we are the independent creatives and makers that should be supported because it's rough out there, especially now. So whatever way that you can find to make, to make more money, heck yes, make physical products, make digital products, offer things to other people that benefit their lives. Yes. So whenever we're talking about making physical goods, for example, I think it's important for you to think about overhead and how much it's going to cost for you to put in initially into these products and how much you're going to get out of it at the end. Because I've definitely been guilty many times of misguessing how popular an item will be. So a t-shirt, for example, I'm like, oh, this is going to go viral. Everybody's going to want one. I'll have 300. And then uh, 25 people maybe buy one. And then I have hundreds of shirts lying around in my basement currently um and then what then how do I offload all these shirts no one wants them I do I just keep moving them every time I move uh or do I sell them for cheap do I put them on sale nope nobody's buying those and how do we deal with that it's it's too much it's very 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 wasteful oh my gosh So perhaps with your overhead, can you go for an on-demand supplier or perhaps a local print-on-demand supplier or even a small run supplier? Those have saved me so many times, local print shops that are totally cool with me only printing 12 of something rather than 300. (gasps) Yes! So if you can ask around in your community and find that small run supplier, that little tiny print shop that is totally okay with just printing a few items for you, Or if they're cool with making an arrangement on doing print on demand, there are also a lot of other creative people that have a screen printing station that would maybe do this for you. Do you know somebody who is looking for an odd job on the side and wants to help you with this stuff, wants to help produce these things on demand for you or wants to help you fulfill items? Maybe you do. I am a huge fan of starting businesses with no overhead or figuring out a way I can do things all on my own with only my own time spent. So, there are, I asked Instagram this question last week where I said, Is there any sort of fulfillment on demand shops that you actually recommend, you know, like Society Six, but where I can control it from my own shop? And people recommended companies like Printed Mint or Printful, or Printify, or print a That's not a real one. Um, <laughs> they all just have print and then some letters afterwards. <laughs> print a Oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> anyway, I found that um, secretly a lot of people that you and I love that sell physical products all use these companies, and I did not realize that. So a little poke around to figure out how those companies are doing their printing. Is it ethical? Where are the warehouses located? What are the conditions like inside of the warehouses? All very important questions, and most of them are being transparent now about what their printing practices are, so it's a little bit easier now than before to get to the bottom of that information. And Luckily, the internet will tell you. You can ask people on the internet and they'll tell you what it's actually like, what the tea is on that printing company and that manufacturer, so do it. Um, But I will say, if you want to go in the Society6 realm, it's great because they do the mock-ups for you, it's beautiful, and you don't have to have your own own online shop, but you have your real-world examples of your designs on physical printed goods, which is great. It's great if you want to get yourself wedged into textile design and all of that, but I will tell you right now, I've said this many times before, Society Six is not the best way to make money. I (laughs) I sure as heck have hardly made any money on my Society Six store. One month I made $40. So that was that was a big month for me in my shop, but most months I make like two bucks or maybe 14 bucks. (laughs) Um It's not a lot. So if you have the ability to have your own URL, a store on that URL, you're definitely going to make more money. But it's it's up to you on how much you want to fight for making money in this regard, and how much work you want to put into it, of course, because whenever you have your own shop, you have to worry about sales tax, and the shipping weights and rates and actually fulfilling and shipping. It's hard. And it's not my favorite part of my job. That's for sure. So I will keep you updated. I'm Launching my own online shop, maybe this week. Did I launch it today? Maybe, maybe I did. <laughs> um, I'm recording this in advance, obviously, and I really have no idea when I'm launching my online shop. Um, but it's gonna have like prints and shirts and you know, you know, the traditional designer sold items, you know. Um, but as we are approaching the gifty time of year, if you celebrate or not, we're heading into a time of year where more people buy gifts. And then uh, the rest of the year. Uh, so we're going to have to really be mindful this year, please, of what we're gifting and who we're gifting from what businesses we're supporting. Because every I, I mean, so many creative or small business is struggling this year. And this is wow, wow, the perfect time to support them. But also, I know you're struggling right now. So if you can make Physical goods or digital goods, and allow people to support you as in buy your things and support you through getting your things from you and giving them as gifts. Please allow us to do that because we have more time on our hands now. We are planning ahead more than often, right? I would hope so. We have a lot of time to start thinking about this now. I know it's still spooky season, I know, but. But, 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 we've got a lot of time to plan. And the less time you have to plan, the more I know from personal experience, you just hop on Amazon if you're running out of time. So if you have more time than usual, then make these decisions now and start supporting small businesses and independent makers and creatives. And also start planning your own online shop right now because the timing is perfect. Chef's kiss, mwah. Oh, I'm so sorry you had to hear my kissing sounds in front of a microphone. That is not ideal. But that's it for this episode of Overtime. If you want to continue this conversation on the internet, use the hashtag Dribble Overtime, or please give us a little review on Apple Podcasts if you have the time and energy. Or if you want to uh, tweet me, tag me, send me a letter. I actually am not going to give you enough information for that. Um, You have to figure it out based on my... Twitter handle, my Instagram handle, which is at your buddy Meg. Okay. Bye buddy. Hear me next week.